0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Once there was an artist who painted a self portrait on a tablet of stone. Every line meticulously drawn, every color excruciatingly chosen. And by the end, the artist stepped back to examine his work, and he said, this is good. The next morning, the artist came to retrieve his work, and to his horror, the stone tablet had fallen to the ground and shattered. The artist was crushed. Fragments of his masterpiece were strewn about the workshop floor. And he could see part of his eye over there, and part of his ear there, and part of his chin there. And what he did next surprised even himself, because he got down on his hands and knees, and he began bit by bit, piece by piece, speck of dust and color by speck of dust and color, to put his image back together. And with the kind of intimate knowledge and love only a creator has, the artist began to remake his masterpiece into something new, more like a mosaic, a work of art more beautiful than the first, one that shined in a way the original never had. And finally, when he was finished gathering the pieces and putting them back together, he stood back to observe his work, and he said, this, this is very good. It is the second Sunday of Christmas, and we're going to consider the astounding truth that at Christmas, God, the masterful artist, got down on His hands and knees and began to piece back together our human nature. I'm going to do something a little bit different today and take as the basis for my remarks, not the Scripture passages, but our collect, our collect of the day. Would you find that collect in your bulletin? Look under the 1015 service. The collect of the day. I'll just mention this is one of the... Um, oldest prayers we have, it comes from one of the oldest liturgical books in the history of the church, the Leonine Sacramentary for you liturgical nerds. Maybe in the 400s, as old as that, maybe the 700s A.D., but Christians have been praying this prayer at Christmas for that long. Colleagues often get overlooked. We say them once um, on Sundays, and unless you pray the daily office in the prayer book during the week, you might not catch it again until next year, but they're packed with Scripture. They've been used for sometimes a thousand years or more, and they're full of devotion to God and great theology. Would you join me? Let's pray this prayer together with uh, um, attention and a little bit slowly. Let's pray. O God, who wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored, the dignity of human nature. Grant that we may share the divine life of Him who humbled Himself to share our humanity, Your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with You in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Christmas and human nature. Christmas and human nature. That's our topic. Three truths about human nature. The, the human nature, by the way, is not so. E- it's not an easy question like, hey, are humans basically good or are they basically evil? It's way more epic than that. In the story of the Scriptures, the movement of humanity and of human nature goes like this. Dignity, depravity, and destiny… Dignity, depravity, and destiny. And here's the thing. In the story of the Scriptures, when we get to Christmas, Jesus' coming in the manger wraps all those pieces up in a very special way. Let me say it like this. Christmas remembers the dignity of human nature, reaches into the depravity of human nature, and recovers our destiny. These are our points remembers the dignity of human nature, reaches into our brokenness and depravity, and recovers our destiny. First point, human dignity. Human dignity, that's a phrase you hear everywhere outside the church, but actually it's a phrase that comes from deep within Christianity. The world borrows human dignity from us, from the Scriptures. You say, human dignity, where do you first think of that? It comes at the beginning of the Bible's story. Listen to this verse from Genesis chapter 1. And then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in the image of the maker of heaven and earth, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish, over the birds, over the cattle, over the wild animals, over every creeping thing. So God created humankind in His image. The dignity of humanity is that we bear the image of the maker of heaven and earth. Not only that, but when we were created, we were given a position over all the rest of creation. Humanity is the crown of creation. It's our responsibility to take care of the world, to take care of the birds and the fish, and so on and so forth. That's our dignity. Psalm 8 says it like this. When I consider your heavens... The works of your fingers, Lord, the moon and the stars. What is man that you should be mindful of him? The Son of Man that you should seek him out. You have made man but little lower than the angels. You adorned him with glory and honor. You say, okay, Josh, I got it. I, I know dignity comes from uh, Genesis 1. We're made in God's image. But did you know this? Here's the second place we see human dignity in the story of the scriptures at the incarnation, at Christmas. Because at Christmas, by taking a human body, God reaffirms the goodness of His original creation. Listen to how um, theologian, scholar, church father, Peter Chrysologos from the 400s puts it, that the Creator, the Creator is in in His creature, it brings dignity to man without dishonor to God. Why then, man, he asks? Are you so worthless in your own eyes and yet so precious to God? Why render yourself such dishonor when you are honored by God, by His coming at Christmas? He has made you in His image that you might in your person, in your body, in our bodies, make the invisible creator of heaven and earth present on earth. God assumed what He made in you. And so... Christ is born that by his birth he might restore human nature. Christmas remembers our dignity. It's this scriptural truth, by the way, that undergirds some of the great cultural and moral debates of our day. Abortion, euthanasia, racial equality and civil rights, sexual morality Sexual liberty, religious freedom, environmentalism, animal rights, embryonic research, genetic enhancement, gender identity, every single one of these hotly debated topics boils down at some point to what you believe about human nature, the dignity of human nature, even the weakest, frailest humans among us bear the image of God. Christmas remembers this. Here's the second point, Christmas reaches into our depravity. Um, uh, This Christmas, our in-laws gave us um, Alexa, that creepy little robot in your home (laughs) who's listening to every single thing you say and and do. Um, Daphne, our four-year-old, is running around like, Alexa, do this, Alexa, do that, Alexa, do this. I, I realized, though, it felt kind of new at first, and then I realized, no, actually, We've been doing this with Google for a long time, right? Like, what's the answer to this question? Oh, just Google it. Who's in the playoffs? Google, who's in the playoffs? What's the weather like? Google, what is the weather like? All of that works great with Google and Alexa and whoever else. Until you get to questions like this, Google, Alexa, who am I? Right? Or Google, Alexa, can you help me with my addiction? Like, not just point me to a 12-step group, but change me. Um, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I also, it's too funny not to share, because my wife and I both uh, are are therapists, and after a special marital discussion one day, as we were uh, making up and discussing how to get back on the same page, we started laughing when we both realized that as we had gone our separate ways after the fight, we had both Googled, like, how to survive in marriage or something. (laughs) Listen, Google Alexa cannot touch our depravity. It can perhaps change our minds or our behavior, but what's wrong with us as humans is deeper than that. In fact, it's deeper than any. Any political ideology, any philosophy, any medication, none of these will fix it. There's no essential oil that will take away the depravity of human nature. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can fix it. And that's why he came at Christmas Listen to some key passages from the Bible about human depravity. We move from dignity to depravity. Jeremiah 17, the heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? Alexa, can you fix that? Romans three: 11 and 23: "There's no one who's righteous, no one who seeks God, no one who has understanding, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." First John, one: "If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth isn't in us." In other words, sin is not just our depravity. It's not just like a blemish. On our skin that we can go get fixed at the dermatologist's office. It is a cancerous disease within us. It's spread to every part of us. This is why Jesus came at Christmas to reach beyond all the other man-made uh, um, possibilities of fixing us beyond the depths of our knowledge, beyond the depths of our behavior, and into our hearts, our human nature. Jack Miller, an author, sums it up, the reach of Christmas like this. Cheer up. You're a lot worse off than you ever imagined. But in Jesus Christ, you are far more loved than you could have ever imagined. Christmas reaches our depravity. Finally, Christmas recovers our destiny. Here's the part that we might often forget. We prayed in, in the colic like this, grant that we may share the divine life of him who humbled himself to share our humanity. There's so much theology in that sentence, it's hard to even start. God, we're praying. God, recover humanity's original destiny. Like when you created us, in the beginning, recover that, that beauty. Recover that purpose. Recover that meaning. 1 John chapter 3 says this. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. But what we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him. Destiny. We will be like him him for we will see him as he is destiny what is destiny what is what does it mean to be sharing in the divine life of God Pope John Paul II said it this way it is a penetration and permeation of what is human by what is divine so that the life of humanity can reach a fullness that was absolutely inaccessible to it before you're taking notes and you want another verse about Christian destiny, 2 Peter chapter 1, 3 and 4. We read this, "...His divine power has given us everything we need for a life of godliness. Thus He's given us His precious and great promises so that through them you may escape from the corruption that is in the world and may become participants of the divine nature." Did you know that Christmas makes it possible for you and me to participate in the life of the Trinity? God, Father, Son, Spirit, and you. That's the destiny of every human being who trusts Christ. We're not just saved from something, we're saved to something. Notice this destiny is all about intimacy with God. So it's not just a future thing that we're waiting for, like one day we'll get to participate in the divine life. No, it's right now. John said, we are God's children now. Thomas Howard says it like this, the incarnation took all that properly belongs to our humanity and delivered it back to us. All of our inclinations and appetites and capacities and yearnings are purified and gathered up and glorified by Christ. He didn't come to thin out human life. Christ came to set it free. All the dancing and feasting and processing and singing and building and sculpting and baking and merrymaking that belonged to humanity and that were stolen away into the service of other gods are all returned to us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, let me ask you, friend, on this second Sunday of Christmas, what part of the epic story of human nature are you missing? Is it your original dignity that you're not just a rotten scum of the earth, that you are actually created uh, uh, in such a way that the Creator said, this is good, Or is it that um, your sin is not, not so deep that Google or Alexa can't fix it? Then we wouldn't even need Christmas to reach into our depravity. Or is it that you live without hope? Christmas wraps all of these things up in one and delivers it to us as a gift. It remembers our dignity. It reaches our depravity and recovers our destiny. So when you hear Merry Christmas, what I hope you say to yourself is this cheer up. I'm a lot worse off than I think I am, but I am far more loved than I could have ever imagined. Merry Christmas."